This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Good evening and welcome to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Unfortunately, this podcast will remain as Andy Takes That Chance because... Huddersfield Town were defeated by one goal to nil by Nottingham Forest in the playoff final. A painful result punctuates what has actually been a thoroughly fantastic season overall, full of highs and lows and a a reconnection between fans, players and a club that was desperately needed. Joining me to both sulk and celebrate, I have Skybet commentator and all-round media whore, Richard (laughs) Cosy-Cosmala. What a legend. (laughs) And ex-Huddersfield Town goalkeeper, Phil Senior. Who is more man versus food than uh, Skybeck football commentary? So, uh, you all right, guys? How are we doing? We're still wounded. Good We're evening. still wounded, Matt. It's like, it's like kind of getting... I've never been run over, but it's like the pain's not as much as it was two days ago, but I can still feel my wounds and it's time's going to be the healer, mate. So, thank you to everybody who's watching online. We've got over 30 people watching, which is great. So hello guys online and uh, let us know if we have any issues as always and uh, very much appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, okay, so also who we appreciate is Magic Rock Brewing. We are sponsored by Magic Rock and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Richard and Andrew and and everybody down at Magic Rock for their continued support of the podcast. Um, you know, it means it means a lot to us guys that you help us out and hopefully, you know, it'll be a, a, a relationship that goes on. Phil, hide that while I'm talking about Magic Rock. Come on. <laughs> so um so yeah thank Spoke you so much before 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thanks to Magic Rock. Um, remember, guys, if you want to buy uh, buy some beers to drown your sorrows from the playoffs, you can use our code AHTTC10, which will get you 10% off all online purchases. Uh, right, guys, let's talk about Huddersfield Town versus Nottingham Forest. Uh, you guys in the comments, if you want to put uh, some uh, some bits and bats about the game in there, feel free to do so, and I'll read out the best uh, as I get to the end. Okay, so let's uh, first talk about the build-up itself um the build-up we we've, we were all over the place because was everywhere um radio leads <laughs> radio peniston everywhere where yeah, there was Huddersfield town there was richard kosmala but did this build up to the day feel a little bit odd and subdued to you guys it, it kind of did to me even down wembley way the fans were you know the fan park was quiet my mate said you know no one was singing uh, in the ones he was in Town fans seemed a little bit passive on the way to the ground. Forest fans, obviously, very, very giddy and excited as as you would be, uh, but it just felt a little bit weird in, in the build up to this because it just everything just felt a little bit peculiar. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with Matt. I think you know what when they talk about being hungry for it and that as well. I think oh, they think, wanted it, didn't they? They did, and you know, obviously, you know, God, we don't want to bore ourselves with the tickets and what because any Forest fan that seemed to be in your, you know, kind of eye line wanted to tell you how many tickets they'd sold, but. Yeah, it did. Uh, really weird waking up on the morning because it was like, it didn't feel it was like the, and and I wondered if on the day things would be different, but it didn't feel like the kind of shit or bust moment that 2017 was, but, but I, I obviously wanted kind of to win it. And uh, I think for me, I don't think the kickoff time helped, Matt. I think uh, 4.30 was a, a strange time. I also think as well, the Giants uh, being there the day before, so quite a scattering bunch should have been there maybe kind of hungover or whatever and that as well. So I think that we're all coming down together kind of thing wasn't wasn't really there. But obviously I think there they were so up for it. They were so they're very in your face. Obviously we're coming to their support and stuff. And yeah, it, it kind of felt like someone said to me when we were walking down when we were away that felt like an away fan for us. I felt like it felt like an mm. away game. If they they got all the box park did uh, Nottingham Forest and that yeah, also. and the Green Man as well. They got all the good stuff, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and kind of we were just shoved in a place. And another thing as well, I've not been to Wembley for for some time, but the thing there were real loads of developments. I know there were like a co-op on the left hand side. There were quite a lot of restaurants at Wembley where. And the biggest thing that caught me out was, and probably caught a lot of us out, was no street drinking. That were huge in the day. So obviously, word we're getting around, people were trying to meet at certain pubs. But I were on loads of groups. You can't get in. You can't get in there. And we were speaking to people that were bumping into around Wembley Park. You couldn't get in this. So I'm thinking, I want to drink here, and you couldn't. And it were like, shit, what do you do? And I think the people who kind of stayed on the outskirts and come in had their better bet. So honestly, it sounds like I love to have a little drink before the game, even though it's obviously on media duties, but to not to be able to have that. So I'm like stuck there three hours before thinking, shit, what do we do? And uh, yeah, I can. I was caught out a little bit there, mate. So I was just wandering around aimlessly until we could get in and just chatting to people. So totally different to 2017 where... Can't remember which pub we were at where we were drinking and we we were well on a high because we'd never been to a championship player final before. So totally agree with what you said, mate. It felt so weird. Phil, what about you? How was your how was your day? Yeah, it was a funny one because I came from well, I don't know where you came from, because I obviously came from north and we're coming down M1 and it was just a sea of red. So as soon as that motorway, and we set off pretty early actually. We we were we parked in um, Croxley Green. Yeah, you know, we stayed at Stanwall last time, but uh, we parked up there and uh, it was just a sea of red everywhere you looked. It were Forest fans. We were trying to find town fans, and we couldn't. So you kind of you kind of knew on on the day we, well, there's going to be more more of the uh, you know more of Forest fans. So it's going to be a bit different. Um, Parts been Stamford had a 
had a, had a breakfast. Uh, the worst breakfast, not the worst breakfast I've ever had, that's pretty harsh, but no sausage, no bacon, no eggs. It's all no about food, food, are you, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, all, all, all circles back to food. Like I said, like the menu, I looked and says, have you not got any bacon or sausage? No, no. So I had to have a panini at 10 o'clock, cheese and ham panini, what's all that about? <laughs> um, Train into, into, into Wembley again, there were, weren't many fans, few town fans. Um, and then obviously when we got in there, it was just, it was just red everywhere. Uh, making loads of noise. We got off Metropolitan Line and they got off at the same time. And it were it were totally different to, to five years previous where there was there was a lot of blue and white. And like you say, like obviously with Giants were down there early and, and maybe a lot of people had started down there. The walk up was was strange. They were very aggressive, the Forest fans. I had my nine year old and thirteen year old, they were dirty dirty northern C U N Ts, all that kind of stuff, right in our faces. Really strange, really. It, 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 the the behaviours were, were were totally different, and obviously walked up to the top, saw Stuart Broad, had a little picture, um, a little lad had a picture with him, which were nice, um, and then went into the fan zone, and it was just quiet. I just found it. We spoke to a lot of people in there, and it was nice to catch up with a lot of people from Huddersfield, but it just seemed really quiet, um, and and I thought it's a bit of a random day. This it's a bit of a a strange way to set up, and, and again, when we got into the ground, um, so different to five years ago, there was zero singing. I mean, I don't know if it was anywhere else, but nothing underneath the stands, there was no kind of excitement, it was more kind of, Well, we're here, so let's enjoy the day, kind of thing. And it just felt a little bit strange. And again, in, in, in the ground, we were sat on the lower tier and on the back, um, back row, and it just seemed really quiet. Our end just seemed really quiet. There were there were a couple of people singing around us. My little lad, his voice was like that again because he just did not stop. But I don't know. It just seemed a little bit, you know. You've mentioned it before. It just seemed a little bit different, and um, yeah, not not the same as, as five years ago. But still an enjoyable day. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's unfortunately, my day wasn't as enjoyable due to uh, Forest fans in in and around us, which caused yeah. a number of violent issues. And you know, having my my missus and my little four-year-old clinging to each other, terrified at one point, is something that's going to stay with me for a while. And you know, yeah. for those fans, if any Huddersfield fans sold tickets to Nottingham Forest in that end, then you're an absolute scumbag because you put a lot yeah. of people at risk and a lot of people in danger. It was a a really horrible experience uh, during the game, but I don't really want to talk about that because I've made a complaint to the club and yeah. we'll see if anything comes of that. Um, but moving on. Uh, so uh, the game itself, some people complained really about uh, John Russell and Jordan Rhodes being on the bench, but. I didn't really have an issue with with the setup, really. I thought, you know, back three gone solid. I wanted Hoggy in midfield, to be honest, because I thought, you know, we need to match that the Garner and and Yates energy and you Hoggy and O'Brien in there, man for man, you know, sort of works quite well. Um, I I didn't really have any any particular issues with that starting lineup. Just probably a quick one, really. Whether you get what you guys thought of it and whether you had any sort of takes on it. I, I liked it. Remember when yeah. I talked about this the Luton game at Huddersfield and. Uh... And I talked about how, how comfortable I felt during the game. That's exactly what I felt down there on Sunday, minus the early goal, which killed us. The, the goal just before half-time absolutely killed us because you could see what Carlos was trying to do. You could see we're trying to sit back, soak it up. And they, they had no answers. They really had no answers for what we were doing. And actually, there were a couple of breakaway moments where a little bit more quality would have made a difference to us. So I have no qualms with the way that, that we were set up. And I think it works really well, apart from... Uh, the goal, it was it was a, a soft goal, um, a little bit more pressure on the person putting the ball in the box, and just a little, you know, we've got three players in in, in holding in there, 
that should be picking those runs up and getting the bodies in between them. We just didn't quite do that, did we? And it was unlucky, obviously, you know, an own goal. Um, but yeah, I have, I have no qualms about how we set up. Yeah, I did. And uh, I think it cost us a sub and, and, and a lot more, to be honest with you. I thought Star shouldn't have been in. I thought we wasted. Who would you have had instead? I thought we wasted someone on Star. I'd have, just, I'd have stuck Og in there. Mate. And I, okay. Yeah, I'd have had uh, uh, it as well, obviously, uh, John Russell in. But, and I think it was the start of two seasons ago, nervy, horrible accidents waiting to happen and stuff. And, and Carlos obviously rectified it at half time. But apart from that, I think Pippa were dis- obviously we kind of wind it on to the end, but you know, Turton and Pippa toss a coin. I was disappointed with Pippa's performance, I'll be honest with you. He's not for me, he's not the Pippa that before the injuries. Uh didn't so, someone someone said at work today, it's like that Pippa, what what were they actually doing on Sunday? Like, oh that's a good point. I didn't I didn't get, get what we're doing. Holmes and Sinani were always a dilemma for me because it's like Sinani's so, such a tough one to work out. And it's quite obviously we'll come on to the release it's, it's, later on. But, it's worked but out I, now, hasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it happened, and I don't know whether that's whether that we're always going to be the way. Whether Sonani might come back, you just don't know. Just because he's on that release list, but what Sonani were going to turn up and Dwayne Holmes, I think, give us more in half an hour than Sonani did an hour. But the trouble is, you can't really. Yeah, you don't like what you're saying, and I agree with what he's saying because I would have, I would probably pick a different team to start. But if we've not, if we didn't concede that goal just before half time. And Carlos made the change at half time like he did. Would you look at it differently? Yeah, exactly, mate. You're right. You're right. It's a funny I can't one, isn't it? That. It's a funny one because, because yeah. it's, I 100% agree with you. And I think what's been good this year is Carlos has made these decisions and they've, they've paid off for him. And he's, had, he's obviously had a clear plan um, as to how he's tackling the first half or second half. And if we just hadn't, if we hadn't conceded where we had done, that yeah. could have been so much different. So much different. Mm. I I thought it was came a you know going to be a, a first goal wins kind of scenario. I thought if Forrest scored yeah. first, we we were done. And I, but <clears> I thought if we scored first, as long as it wasn't early, I thought if we scored first, you know, ideally nil nil at half time and score second half, we'd have hung on. It was just one of those things. Yeah. But it's not often get, Matt, that you get. I totally agree. I, I people obviously. It's not often you agree about, with me. <laughs> no, Nine hundred interviews, obviously, before the game, and and all I thought was it's, it's going to be awful to watch. It'll probably yeah. be set up by one goal. And we'll yeah. just sit back, let Forrest come at us, and we'll try and pick him off. Which is so difficult. That, that that's what I was trying to think when I was driving my solid on about eighth pie after the game because it's like, I don't. You can think that we should have some regrets because, and I I get Sai left us at Sai Coppice, uh, left us a good voicemail, didn't he, on our kind of message thing? And he said, he said, why didn't you just bring Tino on for twenty minutes, just something different, you know, j- just try and change it. But obviously, he'd kind of wasted that sober and stuff. But it's like. And you can look and think, do we? But this is how we play. This is how we've always played. And yeah. I kind of felt right that we died. Even though it kind of sounds contradictory when you die and you saw it, it sounds like you throw everything at them and the kitchen. Because we didn't really. But we kept playing. Out. Even when it were like 95 minutes I'm, and everyone else didn't get it forward, we still were passing out from the back. And I kind of admire Carlos for that. Even though others could look at it and make a point, well, hang on a minute, you know, you'd, you're not doing anything different, Carlos. The Tino one was a... An interesting one, and we booked into Tino after in the bar and one of the bars, and uh, he was in good spirits. To be fair, and part of me think I'd be really good stuff. I've not had a chance to do anything here, but but yeah, he's so you're so right, Phil. It's, I can't argue against that. That you say that scored that because goal, because, if, yeah. because if he was struggling, if if Carlos had been struggling, and this were and we're talking about we're talking about relegation where it's it's a game to stay up, 
and he made the same decision. We'd be slating him, wouldn't we? Yeah. You know, absolutely slating him. Why is he starting with Saba? This is why we're losing. But on, on the flip side, this is what he's been doing and, it, and it's been working for us. So such fine margins, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the game itself, I thought, was really dull. If we're on his first half, Tam were happy just to sit off, weren't they? And count like we've the already red, mentioned. Like, yeah. <laughs> we had a few opportunities to do so. Forrest tapped it around at the back and midfield, perhaps forced a few more issues, nothing much. Ryan Yates had a really, <laughs> really good chance, didn't he, with the free header where he probably should have should scored, scored quite early on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but after that, I, f- I really felt like Forrest really didn't do anything particularly meaningful. Um, that's probably in part because they didn't have to, because they got the goal and you know, they could sit in. So that's that's fair enough. Uh, Levi, really unlucky. That's come off his knee. It could go anywhere. It's like yeah. a sheriff's badge and it, it could go either. Yeah, it, it could have gone out for a throw-in, it could corner, whatever. It's just it's just really unlucky, is that? And the second half, I thought Town were a bit more in the ascendancy because they had to. Forrest sat in and they were quite happy, weren't they, just to sit in in shape as well. Um, Forrest, good at the back. I thought Worrell got skinned a couple of times, didn't he, by Danny Ward and Sauber in the first half, but he recovered quite well second half. Um, Sauber faded a bit, I think. I think that's down to fitness issues and not playing, isn't it, in the recent, uh, recent sort of last month or so. Um, but Forest fans seem to be making quite a lot about, you know, oh, you didn't have any shots on target, you know, like they dominated the game. But, you know, you look at the two shots they had and the probability rating of that the, of the two shots on target they had ending in the net was 4%. So, you know, it shows you that the game itself, there was nothing between the two teams. It was just down to a piece of luck. Uh, and, you know, Forrest got it and we didn't. And that's that's the way it goes, really. I'll tell you one thing, though. And again, it just these last two games watching on the gantry, it, honestly, I cannot tell you the stuff that just flies out at you that didn't before. There was so much time and space we had at, at certain times, but we just weren't good enough with the ball. You know, the, we just will not, go, we're not good enough. That killer pass, the, there were people in a lot of pockets of space, both teams, to be fair, middle of the pack. I've been telling you that all the, season. Honestly, mate, it's incredible when you see it with, through A, sober eyes and B, like kind of eye up and that as well. And and that's what's frustrating. And, and that's why I'm kind of chilled with it. Obviously, the VAR thing will come up in a sec, but... We weren't good enough. Uh, we did create. We didn't have a shot on target. We had the ball in some really strong positions. I mean, Sauber cut in, and I'm not sure what we were doing there. Whether it was kind of a cross shot or whatever, and that as well. And the Danny Ward thing. Someone said to me, "You should do better," but to, that was a tough one. You know, first half where it kind of ricocheted. But that was a great block. That great yeah. block. Yeah. But as, pass, as passing were poor, I thought it was a bit like Luton in the second leg. I didn't think, you know, we were passing stuff out of play, and I am frustrated early on. Star were passing stuff out of touch and it kind of the confidence that we've had bringing the ball forward I thought we were a bit risk averse weren't we very risk averse and very very much wanted to stay in shape and not make a mistake and that that I understand we've been doing that all season though so we can't sort of complain about it now so it's just do you think if Forrest had scored we'd have done something different second half because I don't think we would I just think we'd have carried on doing that no we'd have carried on trying to pick him off on a counter and then I think we'd have probably slowly come into it Forrest have this Forest have had this tendency to fade a bit in second halves of, you know, some of the bigger games, you know, Sheffield United, uh, Bournemouth and a couple of others have faded a bit. So I think Town's plan really was to sit in first 45, 60 minutes and then come at them last half hour and try and force something maybe through a set piece. Um, but speaking of set pieces, we're going to have to talk about uh, Mr. John Moss and Paul Tierney. Um, first of all, first of all, Paul, uh, you know, John Moss has had his record shop. I think someone's thrown a brick through the window. That's not something at all we would ever condone on this podcast. You know, if you've thrown a brick through his window, you're a bit of a dick to be well, a massive dick. To has, be that happened? Has, that, has that happened? Uh, it's in the paper, yeah, that it's, it's been reported. So I don't know if it's a Huddersfield fan, could have been anyone, it could have just been happenstance. But if it is, you know, it's it's not good. Um, and you know, 
it's it's not you know I don't care. It's just not not real. It's, it's, just not, it's, it's yeah, it's weird. Just weird separate. Sep- you need to separate the football from the real life in some ways there, and you know that even if even if he had made you know a hundred mistakes, I still don't think that's deserved. So um, really poor is that. Uh, if it was obviously a Huddersfield fan, uh, but let's talk about the two penalties. The the contact for me, the Harry Toffolo one for me, um, is just a hundred percent a penalty. It is so blatant to me. I've seen people say it's a dive, and I'm just absolutely gobsmacked that people can think that. If you know, if you, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't sort of. Harry Toffolo goes through. Phil Cosy, I think you've you know we've all played football to a level, haven't we? And we've all controlled the ball and moved forward with it and then if you get a touch you go I think the problem with Harry Toffolo is Huddersfield Town players are not used to playing with VAR they're used to having to maybe um, make sure they get shall I say this the way I do it make sure that the referee sees that it's a foul read into that what I'm saying uh, and I think Harry Toffolo 100% gets kicked 100% you can see it on the video uh, his foot knocks into his knee and Phil, you've played, you've been kicked like that playing football. It knocks you over. Harry Toffolo makes sure the referee sees it slightly theatrical. And I think that maybe counts against him. And I think Premier League players are a bit more savvy now knowing that they don't need to do that because VAR is there to back them up. Um, and I think that maybe counted against him, but I, I just can't f- understand why Paul Tierney hasn't gone. Do you know what, John, you need to go have a look at this on a monitor and have a look. Because it, from, and you know, because you were sat next to Lee Hendry, he was absolutely gobsmacked, wasn't he? That that's not incredible. They were incredible up there because we didn't have one to do with our thing, but I was right next to Lee Hendry, and the guy would commentate so he couldn't like speak, but he were like, penalty, penalty, penalty. We just like kept saying it and we lip reading. And you know what? At first, I always think your naked eye is the best one to do. And at first, I didn't think it was a penalty, and neither did the Forest lad shock, but he, uh, then he turned around his monitor, did Lee Hendry, and there were a couple of angles where I thought, he's still... Oh. And then they were warned, it were like, wow, that's a penalty. And it went on and on, and I thought, he's going to give it here, he's going to give it. And I think the crowd were thinking that, and Colback did the sign of the cross after me. There's no more needs to be said. And then when you get he admitted Leeds it, fans didn't he? texting you, I had about eight Leeds fans texting me saying, this is a penalty, the this is a penalty and mate when that's happening I had, you know a, I had a Bradford it, fan so. text me uh, I haven't spoke to for five yeah. years just sent me a <laughs> Facebook message saying that's a penalty and I was like you know what's so good in my I remember I think I, I don't know if it was on this your, this group or another group but there were a lot of who are about John Moss being appointed and this I think it's going to haunt me forever this does that so, but I said I don't know what you guys are all on about because even if Moss fucks it up the VAR will sort it out what did I say I though in, what did I say I that, that, in the looting what did I say in the looting thing though Cosy we had yeah, two, we had two yeah. blatant penalties not given against Luton, and I said, "Watch it be our luck that something like that happens in the final and it goes against us." Yeah, and I feel yeah. like it's my fault now. I, I, I put the curse you know what's on it. So frustrating with this bar, thanks, though, thanks Phil. Well, I, I kind of mentioned it right, and and again, why do the fucking make? Oh God, so why do they make it so much more complicated than it needs to be? So cricket, right? You've got an umpire's call, so bollocks to the umpire's call. Is it out? Is it out yeah. or not? Forget what the umpire's given. Is it out or not? You've got all this millions of pounds of technology. Is it out or not? Rugby league's the same. They give a decision and then they've got to rule the, overrule the referee. So if referee gives a try and there's enough evidence, no bollocks to all that. It's either a try or it's not. Get it right. So that there, you know, clear and obvious. Bollocks to that. Is it a penalty? Is the decision right? It's not. And I just think, I just can't. Why are they making it so much more complicated? I want to even take away from like us. Why? 
the technology is there to get the decision right. Why why are we having to overrule, you know, and stuff like that as well? And God, don't you get me going before the second one, but Phil, these both three sports, it's a simple thing. You've got a video, yeah. it's either right or wrong, mate. You mentioned it earlier, Cosie, and, and hit the nail on the head in terms of who's actually using the technology cricket. You don't need anybody who's played cricket before to tell you whether it's out or not. If it's hitting line, it's it's going over wickets, etc. Where's it pitching? It's just it's just that's what it is. Do you know what I mean? The data is there. It tells you what it is. That's it. But football, you've got to have a little bit of understanding, don't you? And and going back to it all, it's he, he got caught, so there's contact there now. Contact doesn't always mean that it's a foul. So, but the way that it, he he didn't make contact, Toffolo's done him big time because I think the player thought he's going to touch it with his right foot, but he's actually going with his left foot, which meant his right foot's then in, in line with with the player's leg. Then on the contact, he's having to try. He actually, like you mentioned there, he's actually trying to get out of the way. Premiership footballers would have let their legs stay low, dangled it down, made the contact clear and obvious, and that's it. He's actually trying to get his foot away from him and he's made the contact. So if if you play the game, you know if you're running at pace, once that contact's been made, that standing that foot that's going to be then a standing foot, it, you don't know whether he's going to be falling over, he's going to lose his balance. And I just can't believe that that's not given. I find it really, really strange how it's one, it's clear contact. So a contact in the box is saying, yeah, we can argue that. But you can see that his momentum is taking him and he's gone. You can tell that he's off balance. Stupid dive link. We've said this before, like flinging arms in air. If it had just dropped, for me, there's... Yeah, well, I, I think it's the arms that... I think John Mosk's kind of goes, you're not fooling me. And I think it kind of... But it's not well, a know, dive. It's not a dive because it's... No, going no, but it's, it's a... You know what John Moss I mean? is like, so, don't you? It's, well, it's, because it's like you said, it's, you've got to have people there that understand it. Yeah. It, it, there's got to be an understanding there behind... These cameras, it's not like cricket. It really isn't. You, you, it's, you've got to bring into other things as well. And there were so many things that, that, that you could look at in that situation. But it's a clear, it's a clear penalty. You can't, what, Michael, I, I thought it weren't a penalty when I first looked at it. But, but Michael Brown's another, another one that you were like to put his hands in there. And he'd go back to Champions League final on Saturday, Phil, with that goal for Benzema. Like, yeah. Even that Peter Walton didn't have a clue. He didn't have no. a clue. That's a goal. And then we were yeah. explaining the rule at half time why it won't end. I'll tell you what annoys me, and, and again, rugby league finally got it right. You're mic'd up with these people, so you know what they're saying. This is happening, that's it, take it back a frame, blah, blah, blah. You know, cricket's exactly the same, it's missing that. Go back to your football, we ain't got a frigging clue, have we? We've just got silence there for like the richest sport around. What is happening there? What are they thinking? <laughs> What's the thought process? We're having to guess. Don Goodman, to me, is having to guess why, you know, he's not giving it. And it's bollocks, man. Be transparent. Even if you don't say it when it's happening, say it after the game, interview Tierney, yeah. interview Moss. Guys, yeah. what has yeah. happened here? And I know like, you might not agree with it, but at least we know it's bollocks, man. Because in those interviews there, there doesn't have to be any feedback to people. There doesn't have to be any further questioning. They literally just have to come out and say, this is why I give it. Because you, 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 they, don't, they don't need to be put on the spot. Just going back to what you're saying about rugby league, though. I've watched rugby league where there's been clear knock-ons. And, and 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 it's been they still been given a try, and I just think this this it's the people behind the the software that that really are in question. John Moss, yeah, whatever we can say, whatever we want about him, he's he's in, he's on the pitch in there, and he's got to make that decision. And he either sees it or he doesn't, or or, or he doesn't see it, etc. But to not go to VAR or to go to VAR and not use it like it should be used for me is just really strange. 
Yeah, just on the Toffolo one, the reason why I'm, I mentioned the theatrics was that PGMOL, uh, the um, referee, you know, the group of referees, sponsored by the Premier League, funnily enough, uh, they brought in a rule uh, last August, which was any, exagger- mm. any exaggerated contact uh, would result in a no penalty. So that's the only thing I can think of, is that John Moss is going, you're not fooling me, that's an exaggerating exaggerated contact. So if you're fouled, if you're actually fouled, and you swing your arms in air because you've been fouled, yeah. it's not a foul. Yeah, they can they can tell you to do one. Um, yeah, right, it can, yeah, they're deluded. Yeah, it's, deluded. it's strange, and that's the only reason Matt, why I can think that they haven't given it. I don't agree with it at all, Matt, but that's the only think, thing I can think well, of. Yeah, yeah. Matt, do you think that the two incidents against Luton, and it shouldn't do, because John Moss is my experience, do you think, because I asked Keith Hackett this when I did that show the other week, and and do referees, especially the ones with more experience, are they influenced by kind of, so so-and-so, I watched the video of him last week and he did this and he did that. So, like, they've got it in their heads when they come on. Oh, it's Toffolo. Yeah. He did this and that. But it shouldn't matter because Fars should, like, take it out of his hand. But I'm damn sure that must play a part in it. Well, we, so, did, yeah. we did that interview with Bobby Madley a couple of years ago, didn't we? And Bobby Madley was brilliant. And he and he told us, didn't he, that he would sit and he would study other players and the movements they make and the type of times, how they dive and how they get fouled and all sorts. And, you know, so he would know what these players were like. So obviously, yes, yeah, I think you're right. They do look at these players. You know, obviously not everyone's as thorough as Bobby Madley, the greatest referee there is because he's a Huddersfield fan. But, you know, I, I do think he thought that, you know, Toffolo, you know, he made a lot of it. You know, he'll have had his opinion on the loot and penalties, both penalties for me. Uh, he'll have thought, you know, Harry Toffolo makes a lot of things. He's exaggerating it. I'm not giving it. That's the only yeah. possible thing I could think of why he's not giving it. I mean, I, I know Bobby is he's, he's a sound guy, but it's classic. don't you think that's a problem? Don't you think that's a problem? The fact that they're studying people because then it's in the head already. Yeah, and familiarity. It's, it's, it's an old but argument me, as well. I think it's, yeah. Do you remember Cosy? Do you remember Cosy when Neil Warnock in 94-95 tried to get the referee against Lincoln moved and there was a big furore about it? Yeah, and the reason yeah, yeah. the reason he did it was because he, he was on the video, you can see him going, this referee refereed us two or three weeks ago and he booked Jepson, he booked Bullock and he booked so-and-so. He's bound to yeah. remember what what this was like yeah. and it'll yeah, go against exactly. us. And, you know, it's I think this has been going on for a long time. So it's it's an interesting interesting. I think that's the worst thing. This is, sounds really bad because this goes against everything that I want to see in football and, and Phil, you'll know it at junior level, but... For the second one, we should have 10, 11 players round the ref chasing oh, yeah. him. Yeah, that was, the, that was strange, that. Because yeah. if, that's real, if that's Real Madrid or that's Liverpool or Man or whatever, that is, is and, and I hate putting pressure on it, but they were yeah. two or three and they just, I know the game played on. I don't care. Everyone's like running and then when the ball goes out of play, we go, I, I was shocked me at his naivety, but, but just, shouldn't have to do that, I and mean, it's horrible. There's a way to do it in there. Yeah, there's a way to do it in there. You know, it, they, they can they can they can show their emotions, can't they? But when it goes too far, that's our problem, isn't it? Because of the the fact that they're surrounding refs. So yeah, it's horrible. It's but you're right. You're hundred percent right. For me, you've got to have bodies around and, and, and let them know. Yeah, we did for the first one, and you could see John Moss saying, "Go away, we've got VAR." So I don't know if that was there in the head, but we'll talk about the one as well. So I've put a, I've put I've put a poll, I've put a poll out for was the. Uh, Harry Toffolo incident, a penalty online. Uh, 100% say yes, it was a penalty. So I think we've... Well, a <laughs> I know. I don't think there's any Forest fans listening to this. They're all too busy yeah. going to get drunk, as they should be. So, you know, fair play to them. Uh, 100%. Uh, let's have a look. So I'll ask if the Louis O'Brien one was a penalty. Uh, Phil, you started talking about the Louis O'Brien one. Just tell us about O'Brien's move, because it's clever. 
in that Lewis makes yeah. sure that he is between the man and ball. And that's what they always teach you, don't they? Get between the man and ball. It's what I, yeah. I'm trying to teach my four-year-old that because he's small and they, everyone in his uh, football class are miles bigger. And I'm saying to him, look, get yourself between the ball and him in, in a way that a four-year-old can understand. Uh, yeah. and, and they won't be able to get it or they'll have to foul you. And uh, he doesn't want to be fouled, so he won't do it. But, you know, that's a different Just thing. But Lewis O'Brien did. Tell him get his captain America shield out. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, all, he's all about Hulk. He's all about Hulk. But that's actually oh, really well, that's actually really good, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, that, that, that was on on the day. That was that was the one. Toffolo and I were a bit like that. Uh, on the day, that looked like it was a clear penalty from where I was sat. It looked like it, it coming from behind him, lent um, knelt in, lent into him with his elbow, brushed down. Clear penalty for me. It looked. Um, when I got back to the car. I was looking on, on Sky Sports and when it was kind of like um, the real time, they, they looked very similar in terms of in line towards the ball and and uh, O'Brien kind of got just a little bit in front and kind of kind of bought it, I thought. So I thought, ooh, I thought that, that's a, maybe might have got that right because I just think he, he kind of got in front and leant down. Very wet. When, yeah, yeah. When it slowed down, you could actually see that the the fella can't remember who it was, but the fella got his feet caught in between. Uh, Max Lowe, feet. yeah, yeah, Max Lowe. Yeah, so his feet were caught in between. So that's another angle that you can look at and say. And and again, I I just think it was it was a penalty. I thought yeah. it was close. A lot of people. It's weird because a lot of people think that one's nailed on. Uh, I... When I thought I thought in terms of you know understanding what Lewis was trying to do. He's kind of bought it in terms of getting there a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, I just think they're two stonewallers, to be honest. When you're using VAR, I think when it's when you're watching it real time, a bit like when yeah. you're using VAR, for me, the two stonewallers. They Co- really are. Cosy, when I was, when I, I had a really good angle of this because I was um, looking diagonally at it from across the penalty box and I saw the leg hit Lewis O'Brien and I jumped up and I immediately went, yeah, I that's an effing that. penalty, you cheating so-and-so John Moss. So apologies to any families that were around me when I did that and my own. But, you know, so, uh, and then Lewis O'Brien never appealed and no one appealed and I sort of went, oh, and sat down because I just thought, have I got that wrong there? Because it's a split yeah. decision, isn't it? And I was like, oh, have I got that wrong? And then I saw it back. Someone sent me it when I was in the service station and I watched it when I was in the service station at Watford Gap. And I was fucking raging. And, and honestly, it's past nine o'clock, we could swear. But I was so angry when I saw the, them both. I was just like, we've been fucked over, essentially, yeah. today. And, oh, and, and that, that's See the, it. this is this is what really hurts. And do you know what? If they'd, they, this is not an anti-Nottingham Forest thing. Nottingham Forest did what they needed to do. They've had a brilliant season. They deserve to go up and play Premier League football. Well done to them. You know what I mean? Enjoy it. You know, go go and enjoy what the Premier League brings to you. Um you know, nothing against Nottingham Forest who've been amazing this season. Absolutely amazing. But it's so hard to come away from this game and think, do you know what? They've won this fair and square because they haven't. You know, we've been denied £170 million by ineptitude on a massive scale and it stings and it's going to be difficult to get over this because like you say, the scar tissue from this, I still feel scar tissue from 2011 Peterborough when their first goal, the free kick, the build-up to the free kick was offside. I still hold on to that. It still pisses me off. Um, but that, these two penalties, okay, we could have missed both penalties. That's that's fine. Brief Samba could have saved both. It easily happened. We could have skied them both and still had no shots on target. But we should have had the opportunity to take these two penalties. And that's what's really, really annoying. Or one of them, because to be honest, if we get the Toffolo one, the, the Lewis O'Brien 
the game changes and the Lewis O'Brien thing may not happen. But Huddersfield Town have been done out of £170 million by sheer incompetence, by a system that was brought in to protect decisions and the integrity of the game. And for them not to even go to VAR is a failure on such a grand scale. And if Mark Halsey is right in his in what he said on TalkSport, and I'm going to take Mark Halsey at his word because I don't know, but if he says the rules and protocols of VAR were not followed by Paul Tierney, then there are huge questions to ask, and you can understand why Huddersfield Town have written to PGMOL and asked for an explanation because that's 170 million quid. It's it's a complete seismic shift. I know we made a bit of a mess of it last time, but it could change the football club beyond any sort of recognition, and it's difficult to take. I can I can take Nottingham Forest going up and being promoted. That's fine, but I just I'm struggling with these two penalty decisions. Really struggling. Cosy, help me out because I'm I'm struggling for words now. I can't yeah, speak. It is bad, mate. But what I'll say to you is I, I see a different kind of view because Posse said to us, I'd rather lost 3-0 battered than what happened. But I take a different view to it, to be honest with you, because it'll always be known. I mean, this is maybe I'm just weird and just kind of getting comfort from something else, but it'll always be known as the final where Huddersfield were 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 screwed over. Yeah, I don't, that's my that. grace. You, you don't and, you don't want that, that yeah. Beating us four 0 you know, and going up, but and we don't mm. know if we'd have scored them penalties and an extra time. Who's to know what would have happened? We might not have won, but but I get obviously we should have had it. But for me, that was I don't know. It's given me comfort that it were we were kind of robbed. It's it's yeah. really odd. I, I know I what you mean. No, I understand. It's like no, it's, it's like yeah. Forest went up, but Huddersfield like Elastrix, and I thought obviously there's been a bit of banter flying around. And, and to be honest, that Steve Cook thing, a lot of people took offence. I thought. It were amusing that on his town hall steps and that say, oh, disrespectful. But but yes. no, for, for me, what it meant is it just what we all knew. You know, we were screwed over. The fact that he went that John Moss up the vibe, they knew it. <laughs> they did the yeah. sign of the cross, they call back. They knew it. We knew it. We don't need, you know, people to tell us, you know, from referees and stuff like that were wrong. They knew it. And it's just football because I'm damn sure if that had been the other way around, Rambo would have had a few beers and he'd been giving it big leaks. <laughs> Exactly the same. So yeah, 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 of course you would. Yeah, it it kills you, but it goes around. But the worst thing is, that I saw something with Rick Parry on about it. Could there's a good chance of it coming in next season? But who's going to have any faith in it? And you know, but if it did, I could just see it now. First game next season, we'll get some of that we should have done, and it'd be like, yeah, God, oh, there you I, go. I You've got your decision. Far, but it's oh man, I the VAR's just, VAR's fine. It's just the idiots that operating it. That's that's and the it problem. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, that's fine. So that's that's going to filter down, though, isn't it? So when you think about how poorly it's been used in the Premier League at times, now think about what standard referees were getting in Championship, and then if they're, they're not about, referees, yeah, they're, they're on about using VAR light. Random people, yeah. It's a it's, it's a VAR light version. Play. I don't I don't think penalties come into it. I think it just checks off sides on it because he had a the championship you did. Did Moss on the first, on the second one though, didn't he? Sorry, the first. Yeah, one. I don't, I don't blame. The Do you second know what? one, he, he showed the bodies he had to look through. But... I don't blame John Moss so. as much as Moss, John Moss as much as Paul Tierney. I John Moss, there's like other instances during the game where Lewis O'Brien fouled five times and no one was booked for this yeah. tactical fouling. But I don't mind that from John Moss because if you cast your mind back to Sellers Park, we kicked the shit out of, uh, of Wilfred Zaha, didn't we, all day and won three 0 And I remember the Palace fans absolutely frothing. That's John Moss. He consistently lets a lot of stuff go. Maybe he doesn't see it because he can't keep up with play, but you know he lets a lot of stuff go. But 
if he misses it, VAR should be picking it up. And my beef is not really with John Moss, it's with Paul Tierney. And that's that's the annoying thing because he has all the replays and all the technology to see what John Moss hasn't. And that's I think this is going to be the last thing I say on it because I want I want to move that. on. I want to move on from it, really. Um, saying, aren't they? Well, do you uh, know what? It is what it is, isn't it? Because you can't change it and it's done. Yeah, exactly. 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 You know, there's, been a lot, there's been a lot of chat, haven't there, on um, on social media and rightly so people upset and stuff but it's it's gone now you can't, yeah. can't change no, you can't, you can't. It's no that's totally it gone. that's that's why I wrote that article it was just like have a whinge and then, no, right. then yeah, try, right. and, try and get everybody every, try and get everybody to just you know what, this has yeah, happened yeah. we now need to move forward we're in a good platform and this brings me on to my it's next thing which I'm going to throw at you Cosy in a second but, so it's just, just, just such fine lines Martin, isn't it? because Liverpool were miles and away the better team against Real Madrid but Everyone's been the Champions better team League. against Real Madrid in that Champions League. They've yeah. absolutely spawned that, that. That's why we love football because <laughs> you don't have to yeah. be. In it. But again, the curse for us. We can't bloody score a goal at Wembley in a in a playoff final again. It's incredible. five without a goal. Five finals Jesus. without a goal, and we've won three of them. <laughs> Just yeah. score, town. Chris okay. Billy. Chris Billy is still the last town player yeah. to score in a playoff final. It's mad. A nap all <laughs> against Sheffield United. A nap all against Reading. A nap all against Nottingham Forest. Phil can't Not believe it. Yeah, Chris Billy. Chris Billy, 1995, is still the last player to that's score in a playoff final. That's, that's, that is ridiculous. It's, it's it funny. Is. It's funny because we've won three. If we hadn't won those three, yeah. we'd, be, we'd be absolutely suicidal. Already, oh, but, God. Um, yeah, Chris Billy. That's yeah, that. do you know what, Cosy? Well, I'll, I'll give you a moment, but what we'll do is we'll come on next to the reasons to be proud of Huddersfield Town this season. Yeah, we'll move on from the VAR issues. You know, congratulate Nottingham Forest because I think it's important to... I think it's important to have some sense or some semblance of class um, and grace when you lose. And Nottingham Forest no, are, Matt, are a deserving before, team. Yeah, I agree with you. Enjoy. Just before you, just before you finish. I know they don't. I don't That's I, what you're going to say. I, well, I just didn't. I, on the day, I didn't rail at all. When you watch them on TV, I thought, oh, yeah. Do you yeah. Know, we did a good coming, job on they, space, they offered, Phil. They, it's, they a play- nothing. it's a playoff. It's a playoff. Brennan, Brennan Johnson, mate. He was he was really quiet. I thought tough. Anonymous. I thought we did a really good job on him. But it's a playoff final, isn't it? It's the nerves. The playoff final. Eighty thousand people on top of you, and two you know millions watching at home. It's it's yeah, I agree. you know it's yeah. it's Phil. You know Phil, when you when you guys were playing in two thousand three four, you had a relatively decent turnout in the stadium and probably a few hundred thousand watching on Sky. And I bet you were sat on the bench going bloody hell. There's a load of eyes on this. I bet you Tom, were nervous. We were, we're, 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 we're class, weren't we? Were dead easy. That, yeah, <laughs> definitely, that, that definitely weren't the ball. That, that ball definitely crossed the line that he pulled back and uh, notched him in there. Yeah. But the big, the, big question, the big thing was, Phil, that ultimately decided the game. We, we were worried about him before the game on Iowa. James Garner, the quality in. The it's quality class. He's a class player. Yeah. We, didn't have, we didn't have the quality money ball in, mate. We had the opportunities and that was the difference in the match at the end. Do you think that was yeah. a good ball in? Yeah, it was fl- it was quite. F- I thought we should have dealt with it better. It was quite flat, wasn't it? But there was enough. Spe- yeah. Do you know what? it actually came from a really good Forest move? Did that? It was a really He's good a flowing move. Yeah, He's yeah. He put it in and and it hit Levy. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, yeah, Cosy, we'll come to you in a moment for uh, the reasons to be proud of Huddersfield Town because even Dale Marsden is renewing his season ticket for next season after a year what, off man. supporting Golka. That is what's happening at Huddersfield Town. And that, <laughs> that is, you know, that's what's going on Don't with the club. What a few games, have <laughs> even in the comments, he's listening, he's watching, it's amazing. You know, Dale, <laughs> Dale Marsden is back on the wagon. Get your lawyers onto him, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, let's go through. So thank you to everybody who is online and watching. We've got 48 people watching this. Uh, apologies for how... how uh, 
how it's going. But uh, if you guys could click on the like button and share it and whatnot, this would be really useful for us because it allows us to put eyes or, or this podcast under the eyes of uh, a lot more Huddersfield Town fans when they search through YouTube. So that would be really useful. So thank you very much for that. Um, right, so let's go through what you've got. So forgive me for stuttering through these, um, but there's a lot of conversation going on. And I'm going to try and skip some of it. Um, right, okay. Dean Smith says, wonder if we can make it through the night without mentioning VAR. Sorry, Dean, we failed on a grand scale there. So, uh, yeah. Tom Bradshaw says, at least I won't have to do another illustration to add to the title sequence. Phil, you love your little new sequence, don't you, with your head popping over Paul Rahub, because, you know, yeah, because obviously... Yeah, better. Get him off. Get him <laughs> yeah. off. Um, JH7 says, one and only point I will make, Moss and Inix, uh, in his line, because I've seen him come up loads of times in this uh, since this, but <laughs> one and only point I will make, Moss and inexperienced VRs in charge of the most expensive game in football is disgusting. If Forrest had two potential pens, Moss would have been told to go to the monitor, guaranteed. Uh, Terrier7N2 says, biggest game in years and we had no shots on target, which is pathetic. I'm also baffled as to why Russell didn't start and Tino should have been brought on instead of Holmes. I personally wouldn't have started Russell because I thought it was really weak in the two playoff games and we needed Hogg in midfield. So I'm not with him there, but I am with him uh, on Tino. I would have put Tino on instead of Dwayne. And that's nothing on Dwayne. It's just that when Forrest sit in so deep, you need somebody to be able to just do something from nothing rather than just be a flexible, adaptable player, you know, popping up and popping passes off. You need somebody who can have the physical force sometimes to get past somebody and force something. And I thought Tino would have offered that, but I can't complain with Carlos's decision-making this season. It's been outstanding. Um, if, we get those two, if we get those two penalties and we score, it's a different game. Yeah, can absolutely. Yeah, of course we could. Uh, right, okay. So uh, moving on, JH7 says, everything about the day was forest, forest, forest. Uh, Jack says, Phil was my PE teacher at high school. Go on, Jack. Firstly, I think what we also need to know as well is how good was Phil as a PE teacher, Jack? So if you could tell us if he was any good at any, <laughs> any decent, <laughs> any decent stories, any decent stories about Phil at school would be good. Uh, Leo says the atmosphere was poor in the ground. The clappers didn't help us. Everyone around me was sitting down and content with just using their clappers. Yeah, uh, Matt, I'll tell you what, oh, I'm going to step in here. Something I want to get off my chest. So obviously I, I'm at halfway, right? So this is where Thomas picked. So before the game, you had Paul Ramsden and you had their announcer. Now, they were trying to whip the crowd up into a frenzy. So it's like, so they played, obviously, Mullican Tire and they played yeah. their intro. Played yeah, the that's what they played the which is amazing. And their fans were all over it. Yeah, they were. So, Tom, what are we playing? Michael Effley. He's like left seven years. Embarrassing. So, Clappers come out. I just thought, that's shit. Like, and classic, like... I couldn't, I couldn't hear ours. I generally couldn't hear ours. Yeah, Dude, I couldn't. It was like... Wow, that's it, and then no, they're making a difference. But I just thought, just yeah, I didn't even realize that was our song. I didn't even realize that was ours. Moonlight Army or whatever. I know it's not going to be the bigger things, but it was garbage for that. And I just thought Forest one nil already, mate. They're off the pitch. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. that. I thought it Uh, right. So, uh, Dean Smith says, honestly, didn't care that we didn't go up. Said it to my wife pre game, but I feel how we lost was so unjust. That's the feeling I can't shift. It's a horrible feeling. Um, yeah, so Leo's made the thing about the car. clappers. Gavin S says, uh, how is a breakfast with no sausage, bacon, or eggs not the worst you've ever had? There you go. I think that's for you, Phil. Yeah, that's for I, just wanted, I literally just wanted some sausage, bacon, Pini- and egg. That's all I wanted. Panini's not breakfast. Archie Lingard says, Archie Lingard says, not sure uh, why I didn't feel nervous until I got into the stadium. Then after that, I was more nervous than I was in 2017. Uh, Tom Bradshaw's back says both teams were pretty poor. Best chances was from a free kick. Both shots on target, crap and goal, and the goal and on goal. 
Um, Max says, got off at Wembley Central and we were surrounded by Forest on the way to the ground. They wanted it much more than us. I agree with that, but I set off slightly later, Phil. I set off uh, about quarter to ten. Uh, and on my way down, I saw a lot more town fans than Forest. I think yeah. Forest fans were a lot more giddy for the day than what yeah, we were. Yeah, so. they were, weren't they? Yeah. They got down pretty early, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, they haven't been there for 30-odd years, whatever it was. But, yeah. Yeah. but we, I, I, I were doing, like, the typical town, oh, yeah, like, walking down, it's like, oh, yeah, they've not been here for a while. Just, yeah. just going, hey, so you all right? Yeah. excuses, aren't you? But yeah. at the end of the day, they just had more fans there. They, they, were, they were dead giddy for it, and that was it. Simple yeah. As that. yeah, fair enough. Uh, GH7 says... Uh, Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, they got all, they got that they got both, didn't they? But let's move let's move on with these comments. There's a few to get through. Cy Daly, I think that's one of your mates, isn't it, Phil? Says I actually think we were massive. I actually think we were massively unlucky in so many ways. I think Carlos's game plan worked to treat Forest have blown teams away this year and they barely laid a glove on us. And plus the pens, FML. Uh, Jack says atmosphere was poor and both teams were poor really no shots in target for Huddersfield and both of their shots were from about 30 yards hard to move on but we'd hammered but we'd have been hammered every day in the Prem uh, Hands of Stone says wrong move starting Sar over Russell for me Tom Bradshaw again Tom should have just got Tom on the podcast shouldn't we he's been all over it Forest fans mostly bricks one I met very delusion and rude about our little <laughs> our little town town fans disappointed for me though singing poor I had a great day around London town plenty of ale drank I think he's still on the ale um, Bradley, yeah. I'm fans. Yeah. Danny Ward, chance from the corner was massive as well. Uh, Jody Calvert says, we came out of the ground on the final whistle, accepting that we'd not done enough. Then we saw, I think Jody speaks for all of us here. Then we saw all the outrage via text and social media. My whole feeling changed, struggling to let it go. It was so a Sheffield United fan that we collaborated with who does Shore and View, who was messaging me about the penalties. And, I would, and then I looked at them because I was just quite happy that VAR had done its job. And then I saw them and that's when I was just like, seething but let's let's come through depressed terrier cheer up cheer up my oh, hate come my, on my hate for forest is up there with leads oh don't Dil, you dare. it'll go it'll go it's just a it's just a momentary feeling uh dill marsden dill marsden nailed my thoughts jody calvert uh richard hooky says i like the starting lineup and it worked if not for the freak goal last few games i had seen forest play they had struggled second half uh tom tom's all over this uh, Robert Large says, my biggest annoyance is that the opinion is the opinion that we didn't offer much and Forrest were better first half. That's uninformed and not accepting of how we have played a yeah, lot this Yorkshire season. Yeah, Yorkshire Post guy, Stuart Rayner said they absolutely dominated the first half. I don't no. know. They had 68% possession, but yeah. it was just... Didn't feel like that. 
possession. Yeah, but possession that we know, Phil, that possession is built just by passes, yeah. not by how long yeah. you've got the ball. And it, and if I stand next to you and I go tap 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 tap, and we just tap 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 yeah. tap, well, and then Cosy Cos- nips the ball off us and sticks it in the net, we've got hundred percent possession, and Cosy's one nil up. What's more, they should scored with an header, and they scored in in the play, and we created absolutely nap all. You know, that yeah, one of them was problem. honestly, it was so annoying. I turned out to my dad, and I says, "We've put, we've played this an absolute blinder here, forty three minutes off it, or forty two, whatever it was. We've played this an absolute blinder." I says, but it's the worst time we could concede if we do. Boom, go. Yeah. For me, I thought we played it absolutely perfect. Uh, right. Michael Foster says, let's be honest, if those penalty shouts are Johnson going down at the other end, they're given. Um, Matt says, best part of the day was dissecting how bad it was with a, a pissed up Tom Bradshaw at a Weatherspoons at St. Pancreas. <laughs> to- a drunken Tom Bradshaw is a lot of fun. I can attest to Tom being drunk at Luton. He's, uh, he's a good laugh. Um, and we've got all sorts going on here. So, uh, Jody Calvert again, uh, Don Rico the third. That's a great name for me. Holmes and Russell should have started Saren Sinani on the bench. We seemed a little too passive. And I think Forrest expected that Holmes on the half turn helps to make the transition at pace. Uh, it's a good point. Uh, let's move back through. Dean Smith says we had a bloke behind us who constantly moaned about the non singing. So tried on his own. That could have been me. The fact that he was singing blue and white army wrongly was lost on him. That definitely wasn't me. He then, sl- <laughs> he, then sl- he, then sl- he then slagged us off. Fun. Uh, Dale Marsden says, disappointed to lose at Wembley, but this is the most optimistic I've felt about town for years. Feels like the start of a new project. Recruit right and we can compete again. Dale's fully yeah, back on board, isn't it? Golka's yeah. lost a fan. It's because he's, he's, he's a dad, isn't he? He's mellowed out. He's, <laughs> he's changed. He's he Barbara's changed him. This is the Dale. It must be an imposter. Yeah. It's, uh, Terry72 says, I'm hoping Carlos can get the players. <laughs> get the players in uh, for how he wants to play and not how the players have dictated or wants to dictate. Uh, I'm just trying to skim through with quite a lot. So apologies if I'm missing these. There's a lot of general chat. Dag Barnett says it's very easy to be critical of our performance. Cosy, watch what you're doing with the mic there, bud. It's very easy to be critical of our performance, but the nature of game dictated the tactics Jimmy of both teams. <laughs> the game was decided by fine margins and we were on the wrong side of it. I think that's very fine. Um, there's a little bit of chat about the penalty as well. And JH7 says it's irrelevant whether Toff makes Moss see it. Moss sees Kane Seller, De Bruyne go down, doesn't hesitate in pointing for a pen. Um, and a lot of it is quite similar. Um, Dagbine says, I think over 90% of neutral observers thought we were hard done by. Uh, yeah, normally that yeah, normally that makes me feel a little better, but not this time. I want to move on as quickly as possible. And uh, even John Terry, JH7 says, was, was put John Terry, who almost played for us once upon a time, uh, and the last few, there's a few about Forest players have since admitted they were lucky with penalty appeals and and whatnot. And was Lewis O'Brien a penalty? Ninety six percent this time have said yes, but I think one person has said no. Uh, Trevor Sinclair has, is convinced that the Premier League pick who goes up from the Championship in favour of bigger clubs. Um, he did put that on Twitter and then deleted it, but there's a couple of people who have taken. What the actual Trevor Sinclair? The Trevor Sinclair said that the Premier League the, pick the and choose. The fall in from grace, Trevor Sinclair. Uh... There's a lot of. Um, I've there, got enough time for these conspiracy theories, me and that. There's a lot going round, and I'm not. I'm not gonna. It's it's nah, a, it's yeah. a it's a rabbit hole, if, a wormhole, whatever you want to say. If you get down there, it's it's not worth I'll it. I'll tell you what, though. What what a day! So honestly, I can. I was living the dream. It was like it was. You know, sometimes you go to bed and like you have these dreams and wake up. All right, forget the result. It's just. So I'm, I'm there, like we had accreditation. So I had to queue. We like all these. Journalists like come from around the world. It's me and my township with baseball, like looking like I've come out of a cherry tree and that. And it's like, because he's in another video, you're doing it. 
It's coming out, mate. That, that's the final end of the pain. Yeah, it's are you like out. are you like this again? <laughs> mate, we have to sit down, but yeah, it's just like yeah, we're like jumping hungry. Need to get some music on that. Oh, so anyway, we goes in. It's like, excuse me, sir, can I help you? Like, I just pointed to my past, like Skybet commentator, up yours, mate. So like, uh, <laughs> in we go and get get through this lift. And can I help you? Like, cause honestly, it's just like when was just like a big maze and nothing, and then just gets up to this lift, like press accreditation. So like, that press lounge. So goes in there. And it's like, oh, and then by the way, it's like we're over there, and that gantry's are like totally opposite the pitch. So like, how are we going to get down? So anyway, we goes underneath, like, and all these like tractors, and you know that stuff they lift out when they're born and stuff. And honestly, they, it were just I can't stop thinking about it. this guy just opened this massive metal door, and there we are on the side of the pitch at Wembley. So a guy from a lad, so excuse me, sir, can I have an interview? We're like, who's this? So like, I'm from Lad Bible, so I don't have a clue who what, but this guy, so. We basically had to, he didn't get put out in the end, but he had to talk, the forest guy had to talk up about Brennan Johnson. I had to talk about Sober Thomas, who were the best, so we were kind of having a jousting. And then I had to walk right across the pitch, past all the forest fans, and I'll get some right hammer from. And then, honestly, the, it, this is where, like, honestly, if I, I could have been finished, you put me in a box, I were done. Gets this lift up, just opens this big door, press uh, gantry, and it's Daniel Mann again, Don Goodman with this amazing waist jacket, Lee Andy McElroy, this all like the press... And I'm thinking, wow, I'm sat here, like 80,000 fans. There's about a commentary of the like, my own local team, like the biggest, richest game in the world. I thought, just pinch me here. And it's like incredible. And then obviously you just get involved with it. But it, we're just like, they might have turned on and gone, <gasps> you what, mate? They might have turned on and gone, oh, look, it's Cosy. So, oh, I don't know. Honestly, it's just incredible. I mean, to be honest, I can't remember my reaction. So much stuff, obviously, it's going to come out on that as well. But, but are we moving on, Matt, to what makes us proud? I yeah, I'm going to say that's. That, I quite enjoyed that. It sounded like uh, Cosy as Charlie Bucket and Willy yeah. Wonka's Chocolate Factory, oh, didn't it? So, um... 15 minutes. What is it? Five minutes of fame or 15? What's that film or song or whatever? I don't know. But yeah. Why you know are we proud? Then, Why are we proud? I could, feel, I could only feel pride, Matt. And you know what? I was thinking, this is, sounds bad, but I was thinking, like, as it was slipping away, and especially after that second decision, I was feeling like kind of really aggrieved, but. All I could feel were pride and, and not real sadness, but just like, just appreciation. I, I just wanted to run on that pitch at the end and lift everyone up. It was weird what you saw, because I don't know what, obviously, whether you're heading your hands or just walked out, you guys, but I think it was Lewis O'Brien who went charging off to the sidelines, clapping everyone, and I thought that seemed waving goodbye. But I just wanted to all everyone up thinking, because not, honestly, like, we got more points than them. We come third. <laughs> we were just denied by, like, shocking decisions okay we didn't create a right law but all i could feel was total pride where when we lost that one against peter i felt totally different i know matt you remember that first goal what have you still got that in your head but still I mad just, still angry i just i just felt and dale mentions it again and i've kind of toyed with this all the way back because i've said to you matt that it wouldn't be surprised me if we finished 40 against you because the division makes no sense but then i thought well hang on a minute we've got guys who've had a taste of it who are proven winners People like Lee Nichols, hopefully that we can keep all hold of them all. Obviously, Toffs, we don't know, know Brian, but there's people in there who's had a taste for it who are real winners. There's people who's going to look from the outside of the club and think, wow, what's your town? They're the club on the up now. We are, you know, we, we've got a foot in. And yeah, I'm damn sure the recruitment team's got like a list of if we went up on, if we didn't go up. So I, I'm just full of, the pain's still there, but I'm just full of promise and, and full of optimism that these guys who I've had a taste of like the, you know, kind of the big time, they're going to want it more again. And 
well, yeah, you might think, well, they're another year older, which might concern me one or two. And all I can feel is like, we've got a club back and Toff's put that on that uh, Instagram. And, and that, that were it for me. You've got other still, we've given you your club back. And I've said it for ages on here that we've never, I felt the club weren't part of me anymore. The, the stuff that the people we had running the club, you know, that as well. Uh, you know, the guy from Brentford who left us and that as well. I couldn't associate with him and there were a lot of other stuff going on. But I, I feel like these guys are giving taken on this amazing ride. And what's left from the wreckage, kind of, a, if that's the right word to use, is we've got a club back and something to build on. And it makes me feel mega proud. And I love the fact walking down Wembley Way. And I love the fact I can walk around at work like they know I'm Huddersfield Town. They know this, what Huddersfield Town means to me. They know what what about now. We we would put us place with clubs back on the map. And, and I just kind of felt so, I didn't want to cry. I just felt so proud that Huddersfield Town's my team and no shame at all, mate. And it was just a it was a strange moment because I thought it was going to be different. Um, I've got I've got a mate who, when you say we've got our club back, doesn't know what you mean. So expand on that and say what for for his benefit. What does it mean, like club back? I just expand on what what you mean by that. For three seasons, Matt, we had people, and this is what we'd have had to do if we'd have gone up. And and I chatting to West Brom fans I remember before the game, and they were saying we were sick of people coming in. So. You'll see next year Alex Pitcher in a Sunderland shirt getting a nice ovation. You'll, you can't be. I'd, I just felt we had guys there that didn't care about Huddersfield Town. That you know, and and we've had it backed up from people who were in there that weren't there. They, they this runners into the ground, and, and it's up to them. They were contracted till the end. They took every penny out of us. They were, didn't give a shit. We had people who didn't want to run for the ball. You know, to work in a Carlos team, you've got to run your bollocks off. You've got to you know train hard. You can't. You've got to come in every shift and train hard like we under David Wagner. You can't. You know, just put it in when you want on that as well. You had people who cared. We had the wave back. We had, we had, you know, when you went down to the a ticket office in the club shop, you had people greeting you and stuff like that as well. And there were people outside of Huddersfield who kind of could see like what is going on here and that as well. You had some like Sober Thomas, we went to Boreham Wood on the Monday. The guy were unbelievable. Let us do the ground. Says, we're as good as you are. Says, really? Says, yes. Says, we'd have had a lot of money if, we'd have got, if you'd have gone up. But Sober Thomas, what a man you've. We're so proud of him and stuff. And we've all got them little stories as well. There were a nice uh, article, I don't know if you saw it on the Square Ball, uh, uh, article about Tom Lees and that as well. Saying Why would anyone guy. see that? Premier League, <laughs> he's brilliant though. And, and and it just shows there that, so there's a character there that is obviously well-loved and well-thought of in the game, even for like kind of Leeds United angle. So you've got guys there, Lee Nichols, that were in that Stephen Chicken interview where uh, with Paul Clement, where he were kind of in that, there must have been a couple of off the field issues in his life and that as well and all these little backstories people we were brought closer to our players with these you know the way they behave and the way they give the interviews the way they've done the social media all these little things add up where i couldn't associate with it two or three years ago matt even like under danny cowley to me it was just all you know it was just all bollocks mate that just kind of made no sense and stuff and that as well and i think you can even kind of thank phil for that it's like done the got rid of kind of dead would done what used to be doing i just I just feel like when I put my shirt on all of it means something to me and that as well. And I've got this old shirt up before, like when we were really struggling and stuff. Some of the autographs, I'm thinking, they get nowhere near. And if, you, if I'd have said to you at the start of the year, Matt, but like just Josh Grummer wouldn't have even made the bench, mate. Oh, mate. Look, look, how, look how big I was in Josh Caroma. Yeah, <laughs> this shows how far we've come. The club's on another level now and that as well. And even though it is, because obviously we're still in the championship, I, I just feel like, I belong to, you know, it's all about, I mean, when you're hearing people like Dale there coming back and others signing up again and stuff like that as well, it's, we'd lost what we were about. And I think we even admitted that by a couple of people in the interview, we'd lost what we were about. And 
we'd have had to maybe lose that again because the players obviously had about to move on. But in a way, we've we've got so much to build on, and yeah, just for me, it's that's what it means to me, mate. It's not about you know for me winning and losing a lot of the times. It's about what the people represent in their in the building, and and to me, they they run through a bit well for us at town. So I will give that back. That's good. That's uh, I'm sure that answers that tenfold. So. Uh, I will make sure that he hears that. Um, right. Okay. So reasons to be proud. Um, I think you've covered everything really there. So I think I've, I've asked the question as well on YouTube. So I'll, I'll read out some responses because there's some quite good ones, actually. Uh, Tom Bradshaw put a really good one about a few minutes back, which I'm going to, oh, I think he's deleted it. He's deleted it. Unbelievable, Tom. Tom. Unbelievable, Tom. Come on, Tom, uh, just own it. Tom, don't, don't, don't hide it. I think I remember what it said. It said something along the lines of, I went to the Cock and Tavern pub and I saw a cat on a stool and it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, let's let's find out where we are. Right. Okay. Jody Calvert says, because we have a team that works hard again and have the right attitude, they actually care and that's worth so much. Um, Gavin S is humbling Fulham on their own patch. Uh, Tom says it was good to see how many town players stayed to applaud the players at uh, town fans stayed to applaud the players. Robert large says, um, uh, proudest moment was full away. Nobody expected that. Uh, Tom says your day sounds class. Cozy. Uh, here we go. Here it is. I was in a pub called the cock and tavern and they had a cat sat on a stool at the bar. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, Dag Barnett says proudest moment, seeing progress and getting our identity back. The improvement over the season has been heartening. And it is something to build on. Richard Hookey says, just happy to see and hear fans being positive. Still think we need the 2017 atmosphere back. Feel the team morale is possibly the best I've ever seen. Uh, Max says, Fulham away as well. Big two fingers up to the pundits. Uh, Joanne Parker says, the feeling of being a family club again, which is always important as well. And then Tom says, haha, Phil eating throughout this passionate speech from Cozzy. Uh, Matt says, proud that loyalty <laughs> in, the, in the manager was repaid. Yeah. Would have been easy to sack Carlos Corran, but we stuck with him. And I think for coming for the coming season, we definitely have the best manager in the league. In the league, just needs the tools. Uh, yeah, Dean... Matt. So can I just put just put in on that? I, I, that? That's another thing that kind of fills me with Carlos. Some of them interviews, because I've got to be honest, I, I, I struggle sometimes to kind of get his gist. And then that interview with Ian Holloway, I don't know if everyone's seen it, but yeah, it's uh, good. It's a good one. Guys yeah, saw good, it. Good. It fascinated me because I just saw an obsessive there. A guy who lives, drinks, other field town. I don't know if you saw the uh, the thing that were quite funny when there was a press conference just before I think Thursday, and someone said, oh, "Have you got a message for the other uh, field giants?" And he were like, "And then someone tried to explain, oh, they're in the rugby fan. Oh no, have you spoke to Ian Watson? And no, I haven't had time because I've been watching countless videos of Forest and stuff. This is a guy who just I think we've got to match his ambition. So this is what kind of excites me a little bit for next season because we've said as Dean got his mojo back and this, that, and the other. Mate, they're going to have to because Carlos, he wants to take us on to the next level. You know, Tom Lees, he, he wants to have that go at that next level. Lee Nichols, you know, Jordan Rose, whether he stays goes, O'Brien, who knows? But And I just think we've got a manager there who just wants it so bad. And I, it's almost like I could just imagine Carlos will be on like a beach in about two days, like, and then with about 20 minutes, like, or an hour, like bollocks to this, like, going <laughs> looking on YouTube videos for players to sign. Mate, it's going to be relentless. It's, it's, I think it's just exciting times, and, uh, and on obviously Sunday you're wounded, but I just think the future's really good. Hopefully the season's cards will keep piling in. Maybe Dean might bring the prices back to whatever, and 
you know, I think we can have a really good stab at it next year and that as well. But the only thing is, we'll have to, pl- people will be ready for us, so we're going to have to go up again. But yeah, let's do it, man. Tom Lee's the Nesbra Nesta. Uh, Matt says uh, about the proud, uh, about the pride. Dean Smith says, having lived in Nottingham for the past 15 years, I can confirm that Forest fans are far worse than Leeds fans. They are vile. Uh, totally live on the Clough era past. Uh, Bob Large says, uh, second proudest moment was welcoming welcoming Michael Heffler back in his current role at the start of the season. And I think that's a really good point, actually, because Michael Heffler helped um, bridge that link, didn't he, between the uh, the playing staff, the club and the fans again. I think that was a really good move from uh, the club to bring Michael Heffler back as well. And it, it definitely brought some some interest back to the club as well. Uh, JH7 says, the Premier League is awful, Cosy, but it's the money. We would have learned our lessons from three years ago and 170 million would have just given us a debt-free club and a chance to challenge every season in the championship. Uh, Rani says, pride, passion and desire is all I ask from town and I feel we have got that team back, uh, which Dale Marsden agrees to as well. So we'll move on to our next point. Uh, Phil, just mute yourself a second. I think there might be some feedback coming through your iPad. Cheers, mate. Uh, Right. So we've got a couple more things. We've just got the Dean Hoyle news and the retained list, and that's about it for this evening. Uh, Dean Hoyle to repurchase, a repurchase, I think that's the right word, 100% of the club. The story was broken by the Daily Mail. We've had no official confirmation from Huddersfield Town, really. Um, So we will take it as a a rumour. I I threw out an article, if you've not seen it, it's on the website, takesatchance.com. Um, I think there's a lot of questions, really. Uh, I think most Huddersfield fans will be pleased to see Dean back, especially if it's the Dean, which is, you know, has that mode, like you mentioned, Phil, has that mojo back and, you know, the excitable one that's, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, put his stamp on things. I think everybody would be quite excited to see that that version of Dean Hoyle uh, back. But there's probably a lot of questions, you know, with regards to the debt, what's happening to the debt, you know, in terms of what his plans are, you know, what he sees as the ceiling for this club, do we want to go for this top 30 club, which Phil uh, put in place? Um, or are we happy just selling players, bobbing along? You know, I think I think fans, and I'm sure he'll come out with it when it's ready, uh, but I think some fans will just want to know, okay, Dean sold the club for, you know, illness reasons. Is he back excited and et cetera, et cetera? Um, uh, but Phil, uh, pretty good news that the future of the club is, is going to be sorted out. Yeah, I mean... I think, you know, from, from the past and what Dean's done for us, he's the kind of person that I would want at my club doing what he's doing, um, 100%. And I just think that, you know, by by getting the information out early for for, for, for people to, to understand where we're going with things and, and what's happening, I think is really key. So I know it, it came out from the Daily Mail and stuff and, and it'd be nice, you know, to, to know what is exactly happening. But... For me, hundred percent faith in Dean. Um, obviously, we've we've spoken before about the the debt and things and and how it's paid back and, and what have you. But I just think, you know, I, I, I trust Dean. He's a town fan. Um, that's my own opinion. Um, it comes across really well every time I speak to him. And I just think that, you know, it, I'd rather him be around the club than than someone who, who, who we're unsure of. So. You guys probably have a little bit more understanding of it all than, than me. I don't really look into that kind of side of it, but I, th- no, really. I think for me, just as a person, I don't know, but I think just for me as a person, the way, the way that he's come across and, and his love of the club, I think is is the the, the ideal person. Um, just on, on on the flip side of that, obviously, we, we you talk about money and now we're going to invest, and um, I hope we do something very similar, and I hope we try and bring in hungry players. 
um, free transfers. I'm, I'm more than happy with. Um, I don't really want to speak too much about what goes on in the club. I've obviously got a lot of friends there, Scoey and Worthy and things, but um, they're, they're very, very impressed and, 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 and excited about the, the young talent that we've got at the club as well. Um, so and, and like I say, and, and that's from Bromby um, and down through through the lads. And, Bill, did you did, did you read that? Did you read that article this morning with Lee Bromby and, and Stephen Chicken? I don't know if it was done before the final after, but it was it was so fascinating. Basically, yeah, it was saying someone like Sober Thomas, like what what, and they were saying they they kind of got real people around him that has helped kind of helped him develop to yeah. Comparing it to Sabiri, where they they kind of held their hands up and think they had a guy there we kind of real ability but yeah. didn't I kind of have the yeah, right I don't know, nutritionist or people to look after him and said they'd learned a lot there so it was fascinating to hear it's almost like yeah if you're going to get projected players in you've got to have the right kind of backroom steps because yeah. I've always thought well yeah we've got quite a lot of backroom stuff now but it, when we were our kind of sober has, has moved on and come on and that as well it, it's clear the club have learned massive lessons from that I've had, it, yeah. fascinating interview mate I've had a good chat and, and, and I won't say who, who I spoke to but the it just sounds like things are right. The things are really in place um, in that kind of academy slash B team slash into first team setup. It, it just it sounds really thorough, um, and 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 it sounds you know I've not seen much of the other players, but it, it sounds like there's a, there's a fair few players who are really exciting that are coming through. Um, how they'll move them into first team or whether there'll be more lo- loans, I don't know. But it just it it really does sound exciting without me really seeing them and that's having a bit of trust in people but again it's Dean's been in position now for for most of the season they've got that relationship together so fingers crossed however we talked about this didn't we like a, a plan B and a plan plan A and plan B and hopefully the plan that, that's going to be in place now is a, is a real solid plan where we can we can kick on from where we we, we have done this year because you know fans have said oh we didn't have a shot on target blah 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 have you seen some of our games this year? Some of our games in second halves have been pretty boring, and we've and we've grafted a, a, a win, or we've we've had, we've had a certain tactic and structure without. So, if we've got that already and we can build on that, you know, who knows where we're going to go? Didn't have a shot on target for three months under Mick Wadsworth, so you know that's well, well, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Cosy, I'll, I'll get your thoughts. I, you know, like I say, if if we get the Dean Hoyle back, you know, I remember the early Dean Hoyle. He was, you know, from going from Ken Davy, Ken Davies. You know, Ken Ken does what Ken does. I'm a Huddersfield Giants fan, so I understand, you know, Ken Davies done very well for Huddersfield Giants and he has a very different approach, which is not in terms of being in front of the media. He likes to sort of sit, although he loves it going on the pitch when they do well and stuff like that. He's, he, he likes to kind of like be in the background really. But whereas Dean, he he like throws himself and he's, he's accountable to the fans. You know, he's always very, very, you know, he won't shirk anything like that, which is really good from an owner. You know, he's always there. He's accountable. Uh, and if we get the Dean Hoyle, which is exciting and wants to do things, I'm, I'm quite excited and pleased with that, cause. Um Yeah, much for me, much is going to depend on O'Brien and Toffolo if, if they go and, the, and more of the, you know, what's going to be spent back. Because it's a tricky balance in that, because I think it sounds like the stadium needs some repairs and there's all the stuff on that as well. But I think, Dean, and Dean's not daft, he will know and stuff as well. And, but Carlos, Carlos will expect, you know, because he, he kind of said, there is almost like you know you've got free transfers to work with it. I don't know if this were another article on examining one, but I just think a lot of people and probably me as well. Dean, Dean might not say a right lot, but right, okay, O'Brien's going for X million or Toffolo, so we get a little bit. How much is that going to be pumped into transfers if we bring like five bits of quality in and that as well? And 
I think the hardest thing is it's the lone players that are massive. If you look at what Scott Forrest up, it's their lone players, and you don't get them until right till the end. It's like sometimes it's the season started, isn't it? Until you can yeah. kind of get these. Stuff. So it's it's we might have to be patient until the end of the window, but surely the recruitment team and certainly the management team have earned that right for that next season. So I just hope that we don't get in in July. A lot of town fans, well, we haven't got anyone because I suppose what you got remember Phil, and you mentioned it there. It's like Edmund's Green, so. Edmund's green facade probably looks like how it, it might work out, but you know, and, mm, there's a left footer, isn't he? Now, it's like Carlos likes left yeah. footers, left side, and Romani's very so, right footed, isn't he? So, but, but Edmund Green's coming back a better player rather than yeah, yeah, yeah. Love sure. Step down. I think you made a good point there, Cosy, in terms in terms of the loans. I bet it's really difficult to put in like a manager's coach's head on to really difficult to have like that that idea that you do want a loan, but you you've got to wait and you've got to be patient, and if it don't quite pay off and you could be down a position and, yeah. and down a player and I bet it's really difficult to try and wear that out and, and to work out what your best options are. That's, what, like, that's where that's where point. Town's relationships come in really handy and David Fox yeah, David yeah. Fox is the loan manager as well because Town have got a really great relationship with Chelsea which has paid off over the right. last sort of five, six years, you know, with your Izzy Browns, your Casey Palmers and Trevor Chalabers and, and whatnot. Again, so that, Town have done really well from Chelsea. Well, well, the day before I was having a better day at Wembley was uh, Mr. Kean Arrett. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that. That was. Did you see his interview yeah. as well afterwards? No, no I didn't see that. He said, come on, Huddersfield! It was, it was a really good, yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> obviously, uh, Phillips has done a decent job at Exeter. So He's got an eye for goal, hasn't he? It's obviously a massive step up and stuff, but but yeah, and then obviously got, uh, oh shit, I forgot his name, is it Arriga, who uh, did well as Rima well? Rima Diara, yeah. Uh, Josh Osterfield's got yeah, in a so, little bit there at the end as well, so yeah. yeah. So, but Carlos, obviously, John, Russell, the Etienne Camara sounds a player. Yeah, he's he's John one Russell. I'm excited about. Yeah. So we've got that too. John Russell's coming up, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating. But I just think what's happened this year. I think other loan players that have probably looked at Huddersfield Town, okay, Smith Rowe, what an exception. But they'll think, why do we really join this club? You know. But Carlos' stock is high, and he's improving players, footballers yeah. like Matty Pearson were like playing like uh, Cannavaro this season, and it's like <laughs> Heathley Cannavaro, yeah. Yeah, so honestly, it's it's such exciting times. But regarding Dean, yeah, uh, it'd be interesting because it's been an under-the-radar Dean this time and that as well. Obviously, came out with that first programme note and yeah. had a little pop-up fill and what have you. But after that, he did a little interview readers, but not a lot. So it'll be interesting. It, it kind of scary how ages go up, but 54, I think it said it was the other day on, on a... 55, high 55, yeah. Jesus Christ, it's like kind of getting on, but yeah. Then, Who's 55? Dean. Dean, yeah. Sick. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be interesting, but yeah, it's. It, it, I mean, you're looking around these other ownerships and some of the scary stuff we keep seeing. Burnley, in the papers Burnley that, that Burnley thing scares me. That 65 million that they've yeah. got to repay to the owners who yeah, bought that, them. That's yeah. that. I just can't wrap my head around that. I'm, I'm, yeah, but no, that'd be interesting. That. I'll uh, I'll read some comments out because uh, the Dean stuff uh, has caused a ripple, shall we say? Um, Dag Barnett says Dean hey, uh, Dean Hoyle needs to communicate with the fans again. Get him on takes that chance for a Q and A. Honestly, if Dean wants to come on here for a Q, he'll absolutely ruin us. You know, he'll take no prisoners on here. It'll be great. But if he wants to come on here and we can do this live and people can ask questions, I, that that that, that terrifies me. Does that? But <laughs> but if he ever wants to come on here and do a Q and A and we can do the YouTube questions, and obviously we're, we're we're decent lads, we wouldn't ever say anything which is rude or anything to him. He knows that. He's been in my house. I've made him a coffee. <laughs> So, you know, if he ever wants to if he ever wants to come on, we would absolutely be delighted to host him uh, and it would be a, a real thrill to do so if he fancied doing that. 
Bob Large says, Dean's biggest asset isn't his money, it's his ability to connect with the fans and give us insight into the club from the openness and things that with the Q&As. And he's right, because Dean's got a really good gift from being able to say the right things at the right time to um, keep the fans engaged and excited and enthused. And, you know, he's done that brilliantly over the last 10 years, and it's a good point from, from Rob. Uh, JH7 says, let's say Dean sells Lewis and say Toffs for combined, for example, 15 million. I hope Dean will reinvest three to five million just to improve on what we have. That with very good loans again and would ensure a decent challenge again, which I think adds on to what you were saying earlier there, Cos. Um, Tom says, Lewis potentially going for 12 million is a sad prospect. Um, and Leo says, if we lose uh, Lewis and Toffolo, I don't see us challenging. Um, I think most of it is around about Lewis then, uh, who people think is, is Premier League bound, which probably is. Uh, and Tom Bradshaw says, uh, Peter Clark, 40 years old, has just signed for Walsall. Legend. Peter still, play, <laughs> still played at four. <laughs> oh, Tom Bradshaw, his drawings aren't that good. Is that <laughs> what you're saying? Clark, that yeah. is amazing. That. 40 years old. That's, that is pretty amazing. I'd love to I get... I still want to fix his team as well. Yeah, I'd love to get Peter Clark on here. He'd absolutely lost football. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, we move on. Retained list. So uh, we're just bookending the podcast now, the retained list. So uh, let us know online what you think of the retained list. It was as expected-ish for me. Uh, contract extension. So we've taken the 12 months on Toffolo and Josh Caroma. Harry Toffolo, we would be delighted if you sign a new contract. We've been asking you every week to sign... The contract on this podcast, or I have. Um, hopefully, I think he's getting married over the summer as well, judging by something he put just on Instagram. Just sign it. It's getting boring. Yeah, just, you, just, you, know you, sign your pre- you sign your nuptials, you sign your marriage certificate, sign your contract as well, Harry. While you've got a pen in your hand, get everything done. Let's do it. And hopefully, we'll get him for another three or four years. He's holding out for Bradford. Now it's City <laughs> Culture 2025. <laughs> well, they can have him in 2025. We'll have him for the next three. Um, any any surprises with the release lot for you? Because obviously Nabisar, that's caused a bit of a, a you know stir. Jamal Blackman yeah, surprises me. Uh, the Jamal, uh, yeah. But uh, Vallejo, Vallejo, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit gutted about him because he's a he, real player. Yeah, isn't he? And, and and I get, I get it, and I think it's a good, I think it's a good decision. I mean, imagine how much money we're freeing up in terms of wages from, from some of these players, and that we can possibly bring in from that, but. He just had so much to offer, didn't he? And we didn't, we didn't quite see the best of him. And, and yeah, he was a real player. He could, he could have taken classy. He could have moved us on to another level there in terms of the way he plays. And uh, you know, obviously Russell came in and and, and, and tried doing a similar similar job, and, and and he's done well. But you know, I, I'm really you know a little bit upset. So it was so smooth, wasn't it? Via, it was really. Yeah. It was, I've got to blame Pozzo really that him. that Blackburn game. Pozzo that song, then uh-huh. we never saw him again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Fraser Campbell, the penguin, um, as he was called on social media. I can't quite remember why that was the case, but um, he's he's been a really great character, Fraser Campbell, over the last three years. Nabi Sar as well, a bit brilliant character, absolutely lovely human being by the looks of things. But Fraser Campbell's you know just... What? Like- yeah, it's, you're right. Someone mentioned something um, on, on those um, so, uh, the, the, uh, written in about like team spirit and things like yeah, that. Yeah, these and guys. You, you can imagine he will be one of those that is like really top. important to that changing room. Yeah, yeah, really. Important. I think I think Fraser Campbell will be a huge miss. I don't think people will see it because he's obviously not played a lot this season. I know because yeah. his number one fan, but Fraser Campbell, I think off the pitch, will be a huge miss for Huddersfield Town yeah. Football Club. I, I really do. Listen, I didn't want a surprise to me, but I suppose that it might not be the end of the story, but 
Yeah, it's, I thought uh, we had a, an agreement on that. And usually when town have an agreement, it's usually like appearance-based or something. Like, or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think it was that. But usually it's an appearance-based thing. But Dean Smith said about six weeks ago that he was looking forward to getting Daniel Sanani back at Norwich and having a look at him. So that was when I thought, oh, maybe we're not signing him. So it was interesting. You know, and a sh- I think I would have taken the plunge on Sinani because sometimes it's better the devil you know and his delivery is good. I think with a pre-season with Carlos, more improvements, more developing, I think he could be a decent player. I, I do. Uh, I, he's never going to be quick, but I think he's got a really good left foot and he's quite clever in a lot of things, what he does, and his pressing's pretty good. Um, if he was available for like the 500, 600K, which I saw rumoured, then for me, that would have been a, an easy an easy yes, really. If it's anything more than that, then there's a, more of a decision. But um, I was surprised. But I, li- I, yeah, I like him, <coughs> but I don't, think he, I don't think he's got another level... No, I, I think what he's done this year is 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 decent, but I I think he would probably be a bit more but bit more in games if you like. I don't think he, he I don't think we're looking at a future Premier League player, but I think he at this level will be in games more than maybe what he has been. But yeah. you know, um, yeah, decent player. Cosy needs to tell us about Reese Brown. I've got no idea who this guy is. That's been released. Yeah, I know, unbelievable. But I tell you another guy that is incredible. Isn't it really, Aaron Rowe. We're not about Coroma not getting involved, but. Aaron Rowe was a guy who excited us. Uh, looked good. Time, 12 he, months ago, he, he looked good. good. Yeah, he, maybe he's just he's not used to playing in front of fans. Though. We haven't seen him in that this season. But uh, but no, it's, surely he's, he's got to come. And I know someone who kind of lives near him and speaks to him on a regular. And he seems a really good guy. So a guy who's in it for the long haul, really, and that as well. So he fit as well? Time. Has he been fit? He had, he had a foot problem until after Christmas, didn't he? And he missed a lot. He missed pre-season, he missed all sorts. So I yeah. think fitness has been Aaron Rowe's issue, really. Um, I like Aaron Rowe. I think there's there's a player there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, do, I do. I do think there's a player there, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I think it's quite interesting, though, isn't it? Because some fans are buggers, aren't they? But I saw someone there, well, yeah, they're on about the recruitment team, but, but what about, uh, you know, Carol Lighting? He was absolute garbage, and Tino's been poor and, and black. So it's like, God, it's like, give him a chance, man. They're pretty much faultless recruitment, but it is... Uh, Carell Iting yeah. was, it was a brilliant... We, we were so excited with Iting, weren't we? Yeah. But John Russell just kept him out. I think that's just the, the yeah. way it was. John yeah. Russell, John Russell's level yeah. went up, and, and I think they looked yeah. at John Russell and thought, this guy's going to be here for two, three years. We'll, we, we'll, give, him the, we'll give him the development well, time. What about... Because Ruffles yeah, yeah. and Tuffalo and yeah, yeah, that as well, it's like you get someone in, right? Shit, I better perform now. Where yeah. other seasons we've had, it's like guaranteed a spot every other yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. What about this? Um, what about this grand kid? Because every time I look on social media, he's just like having a beef party, and all like. Danny like, Grant. Is he fit? Is he is he going to be fit or? Danny Grant. I hope so. He had he yeah. had those hamstring problems, didn't he? he had he, I felt so sorry for him because. When he first joined, he 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 was doing part-time training and he he ripped his, uh, tore his hamstring, yeah. and then he came back, tore his other hamstring, and so both of them went. And for a flying winger, that's you know it's a bad, it's a bad thing. And then he got long COVID as well, and he had COVID issues, and he's had a really you know and he's been living by himself through lockdown after coming over from Ireland. He's had, he's had it really tough as Danny Grant, and he seems a really smashing smashing lad to me. And his brother sometimes messages us on. On Facebook, uh, not on Facebook, on um, on Twitter, just just to sort of say I might be in the I might be in the cowshed this Sunday, stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it seems a really decent family, and you know, a, a good a good guy. And he's just he's just been a victim of injuries, and I think he's struggled to adapt to full time training. He's from from something I read, and I think he just needs to build up from it from what he's doing to full time training, and hopefully he he makes a, a dash next year. He might go out on loan. 
So uh, I'm hopeful for Danny Grant, but you know Levi Colwell. Just... What a, what I miss Levi Colwell is going to be cosy. Oh mate, it was brilliant after the game on on Sunday night bar because obviously a lot of swilled up town fans and all kinds of carry on and stuff in in there. But he, he had a photo with every one of them. Big smile on his face, mate, when he must have been absolutely hurting inside, especially obviously scoring the goal. And Tino were good as well, and that as well. I just think looking at that, we just I think we know what we need. We just want a bit, a bit more flair. You touched on it, Phil. And if you think how Corbett and changed his kind of style this season to make us more solid and stuff, and probably at the at the uh, expense of some kind of you know better football yeah. watch. I thought the COVID season, we at times we were much more exciting. But obviously, the results were awful. But so it's part of his development. I think next season, I'd. I'd be like to see a few kind of flair players in there and that as well because I think I remember that Luton second leg. The only time I think we like threatened with Thomas Thomas again in the final didn't make most of it, but he would like the only one where teams are backing off thinking, "Oh my God, we just need a few more of those." I think Tino were obviously meant to be that man, but for whatever reason, he's just not fitness. Kind of fitness, out, so. fitness again. Yeah. Would you? Uh, did you did really you go to there, did you go to Coventry? Cause did you see Tino no, in his Coventry? Know. He was phenomenal for twenty minutes. Honestly, he came on and he looked fit and he was superb. <laughs> if we could get that guy back next season, it would be a no brainer because he was he was unreal for that short burst. I love it. I love it. Tino was class for twenty minutes. Well, he came on as sub, didn't he? And his best penalty take we've had for <laughs> twenty years. Well, have you seen <laughs> have you seen the other penalties we've had in the last sort of few years? But Tino, <laughs> Tino was honestly that game, and he came on against Bristol City as well, didn't he? As a sub and did pretty well, and that that's it really. Um, he's he's gone back. Um, I it'd be interesting to see if we could bring him back next season, fully fit, and see what he could do because I I do think there'll be something different there. Um, do you know what I read? I read his post, and I think he was really grateful for the fact that he had the opportunity to come, even though he was injured. He seems a good guy, um, a good kid as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and I, and I think, you know, and I'm hoping that he's got a level head on his shoulder and realise that yeah, sometimes it probably wasn't the right time to bring him on and, and get him involved. And you know, that that's what I'm hoping because it would be nice to be honest if we can get him back next year. Yeah, and Josh Marsh has left as well. Oh no, please don't go, Josh. Uh, so he's left the club as well. So yep. um, mixed up straight away, though, hasn't it? Swansea. He's got a big promotion as Josh Marsh. He's gone to head of football. So he's he's on Bromby's level now. Um, but fair play. the biggest loss, mate. The guy fair who play. we lambasted on this podcast week in and week out, Mister Instagram. Oh, <laughs> Tom Gomersall. Do you know uh, the 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 quality of the video? Oh, the, poor Tom. I remember when we started this podcast and people were so in the second season of the Premier League and people were going, oh, why are we so shit? It must be either that bloody podcast or that ginger kid on Instagram. And he got so much shit from Huddersfield fans, didn't he? Because because they thought it was some kind of Jonah, didn't they? And and to be fair, he's a, he seems a really nice guy doing a good job. And he's, you know, and, and a lot of the video work that the club have done in the last few years has been excellent. And he's been behind yeah. a lot of it. So, you I know. I the country, that Luton game, and he comes across as a really nice guy. So, yeah. sad to see him I think go, he's got but... a job at Spurs. And it just shows that you do you do a good job at Huddersfield Town and you go on and get rewarded. So, you know, well done to him. Um, yeah. He deserves it. So, well done, Tom Gomesall. Um Yeah, so Josh has gone. Um whether the, what that means for the other scouts, I'm not sure yet, and whether it means Josh will be taking our player list to Swansea with Mr. Winter, who knows? Um, no. It may be interesting to see if we do get linked with the same players, Huddersfield and Swansea, because that will be quite amusing. Um, but yes, so let's have a quick glance at what's going on in the comments. Uh, there's a lot about Fraser Campbell going on here. Uh, so let me have a, a look. We've got... Um, Dag Barnett says, I don't think Carlos would stay if he didn't think he would be allowed to make overall improvements. I'm hopeful we have a plan. Uh, JH7 says, great to see the option taken on Karoma, but now 
get rid at the right price. Richard Hookie says, I love O'Brien, but would like the money really. Want Toff to stay happy with the rest. Bob Large, most interesting thing in the retained list was differences between first team and B team. Gives an insight into where the likes of Romani, Harrett, Daly, Critchlow, etc. are currently seen. Um, Tom says he thought we'd have kept Campbell, potentially ease into a coaching role to which Lee Oates says he might do a community job role at town, uh, which would suit Fraser if he wasn't going to play. But I would imagine Fraser's still got a couple of years left to offer, you know, sort of League yeah. One, League Two. I'll, I'll be go honest. Go Bradford, doesn't it now? That's where you go. It'd do all right. Yeah, it'd do all right. Yeah. Best player they'd seen for the last 10 years, I think. Uh, Don Rico third says, Roe, Reg, Diara and Kamara to all push uh, for regular starts next season. Honestly, Etienne Kamara is a player. He's not been out on loan yet, so he's a player. Uh, the bits I've seen, he's very, very, very cool. Very angry sometimes, but he's a very, very cool player. Left-footed central midfielder. Very sort of shades of billing meets Jonathan Hogg. You know, that sort of angry, aggressive type. So look out for him when he when he's when he's on his way through. Fans will love him then, won't they? Yeah. Leo says Sudan has got no X-Factor. Yeah, possibly. I think it, unless you count his corner taking, because he does take a decent corner, doesn't he? A decent set piece. Um, and then Karoma, oh, Rolando Ahrens has been mentioned, Cosy. That's the red rag to my to my bull, is that? But uh, <laughs> uh, JH7 says, Karoma and Ahrens can leave for me. Too much uh, messing about on social media. More Love Islanders than footballers. Um, yeah, Ahrens, is, Ahrens isn't getting much love. Well, poor, poor Rolando's not getting much love, but... Uh, Josh Karoma, I still think can come again. I still think there's a player there with Josh Karoma, so we'll see what happens over over yeah. preseason because he missed a lot of preseason with COVID as well, and these things seem to have a big knock-on effect for players. So we'll see. Um, we do, ha- we are going to have an end of season review coming up, and this is going to be a bit of a special one because we are going to join forces uh, with people who have feathers. Um, so read into that what you will, and we are going to try and do it at Magic Rock live in front of a crowd. So um, keep your eyes peeled. Brady is going to sort some of the logistics on that one, but hopefully in a couple of weeks' time, we may do a podcast at Magic Rock. It may go through, it may not. There's a couple of things to sort out. Whether this stupid Wirecast program will work over there is another thing as well. So I need to make sure that we've got the equipment to do that first. If we don't do it, it's probably going to be my fault. So there we go. Uh, So yeah, keep your eyes out for that. It'll be really good. Uh, thank you to everybody online that's been watching this. If you could also click the like button again, because not hardly any of you did, that would be really good. Yeah, I just I just want to say thank you to everyone who, who sent a comment about them videos that I did or people that I met at Wembley. Honestly, some of the nicest, I couldn't believe it. Like the guy, the man, the content man, Skype, who says incredible, like the, the love for the pause, the love for Uddersfield Town and that as well. Honestly, I know we get, our fans sometimes get a bad press, but I have been absolutely blown away. We have some amazing fans that, you know, proper fans, you know, level-headed fans, just nice people. And honestly, I just want to say thank you to everyone and, and thanks for all the kind comments about the podcast. Because do you know what? When you're like wicking mad hours like we all do when you think, God, you're logging at nine o'clock and stuff, it just makes it all worthwhile. So I, I want a bit emotional, possible. I just want to say thanks to everyone and that as well, because that's the reason why we do it for you guys and that as well. And all your honesty. And honestly, I was blown away by the love. It was just amazing. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. So keep an eye. Thanks. Thanks, you guys, for uh, for getting involved. Uh, that's all we've got time for this evening. So uh, unless, Cosy, Phil, have got anything you would like to bring up, Phil, hopefully not oh, your tea. Broken heart, innit, mate? Yeah. I know. I know. Give over. Life. Don't go. Don't go breaking life. my heart. Uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Come back stronger. 
is. Yeah, we will. Let's we'll roll in. Out. Let's roll in the credits and uh, thanks to Chris Carter as well, who's a top man. Chris, poor Chris, born and raised in Nottingham, who does this Smile a song, and he has had so much shit over the last few days. So it could be worse. You could be <laughs> Chris. It could be worse. It could be worse. Exactly. It could be Chris Carter. But if you were Chris Carter, you would have this magnificent singing voice. So thanks, everyone. We'll catch you again. Don't forget. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Automate delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.